Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are super excited to have a very special guest here with us today. Miss Lisa Salisbury, and she's going to talk to us about eating against our goals and how not to do that. So, <laughs> welcome, Lisa. And also, guys, Lisa, just a heads welcome up. to the pod. A heads up, Thank we you. are in um, MK is in a little bit of tornado weather right now. So, if there is some going <laughs> in this, <laughs> technology, that's what's going on. But welcome, Lisa. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so, so much. I'm excited. Tell us a little bit about you and your story and how you got to where you are now and just what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. So um, I am, let's see, I, I always have trouble on where to start with this question, but I started as a health coach. So I went to Inst Institute for Integrative Nutrition and this is after like years and years of dieting. So I started dieting early in high school. Um, I was, it was noted that I was overweight in fifth grade, again, in seventh grade, pretty strongly, pretty strong memory there. So, um, I knew, I knew that people thought I was overweight. So I had a couple of adults, um, in high school, tell me I was overweight, which is crazy. Cause when I look at those pictures, I'm like, what? I was on the swim team. And, um, so that's when I started my first diet, had issues also in college and then started, got married, started having babies. And so for nine years, you know, with the pregnancies and nursing your weight, just, it goes up and down. Of course it should, obviously <laughs> it's supposed to, but it does a number on your psyche. If you are highly focused on that. So I remember having this major thought when I was pregnant with my last, because I knew she would be my last, um, it was my fourth child. And I was like, this is definitely enough for me. And so I had this strong thought, this is the last time I can be fat. Now, pregnancy is obviously not quote unquote being fat. I'm just telling you what my brain was doing. It was like, crazy. So I created all of this scarcity, right? Like these, this is the last time I can have these foods without guilt. This is the last time. Like, so it really set off, I think, um, just then a couple decades of yo-yo dieting. I tried just really all the things I bought the books, I followed the food lists and then like glory day, my fitness pal came out and I could log my calories. And that was like amazing to me. I was like, Oh, this is so easy. I can just, I can just put everything in. And then I hit, I hit finish at the end of the day. And it says, congratulations. If every day were like today, you'll weigh such and such in six short weeks. I'm like, great. 
And that never happened. <laughs> because as if you have ever tried those types of plans, my fitness pal sets it way too low and just so much restriction. It just was not good for me. I ended up, like I said, getting my health coach certification. And during that certification, I realized I was, um, I was on the slippery slope to orthorexia, which is just the obsession with eating healthy. So it's different. It's a different, um, eating disorder. That's not widely recognized, but it's just the idea that it creates a lot of anxiety when you aren't able to do exactly what you planned. And I mean, at that time I was eating, I was counting macros at that time and trying to get my macros within plus or minus five of every, every macro every day. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. That's so utterly exhausting. exhausting. (laughs) Yes. So, um, I thankfully was able to come out of that with my, um, with learning so much in my health coaching certification. Then I started helping other people realized we don't really need so much help with what we're eating. When I was health coaching, I was, you know, examining food lists or food, um, rather food journals of my clients and, you know, talking to them, helping them in that way. And I finally said, do you need more help with what you're eating or why you're eating when you're not hungry? Mm-hmm. And every client was like, it's the why it's the why every time. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and got my life coaching certification through the life coach school, which is a double certification in weight loss coaching. So I use both of those certifications in a hybrid way to really, you know, focus on help them with their nutrition as well as help them with their thoughts. And so that's that's where I come in. I really just teach people to check in with their bodies, not a diet app. Mm. So let's dive into that a little bit because I know that there are so many people right now that are listening to this and saying, that's me, that's me, right? So we, you know, let's say you have someone who is on the scene and they're saying, that's my story. Okay. And they don't even know where to start. They know that they want to eat healthy, but they they'll do really like quote unquote really good. Right. And then they binge or they have something and they're like, I ruined it all. And it's this up and down, up and down. What do you, where do you go with them? What would you Yeah. First of all, first of all, the very first thing is to don't beat yourself up. When you feel like garbage because you've overeaten, and I'm talking about in the body, your body feels terrible. Overeating is really glorified, you know, oh, let's get into a food coma and it's, it's glorified. It feels terrible, really. So when your body feels terrible, let's not punch yourself in the face with your thoughts. Mm, So good. You guys, did you hear that? (laughs) Repeat that. (laughs) Yeah. Do not punch yourself in the face with your thoughts. Like you feel bad enough already. Let's not pile on some guilt and shame on that. Mm. So that's the very first thing I would tell you is to just say, yeah, this happened. What am I going to do about it? And I always say the very best time to start Mm -hmm. is with your next bite. It's your very next bite. We don't need to wait for a Monday. There isn't anything magical about January 1st, or even just like the first of the new month. Mm -hmm. Like you can start on any random Wednesday afternoon. If you're like, wow, my body feels terrible. I'm just going to wait for hunger. Mm. And then when I put something in my mouth, it's going to be something that feels really good. Mm. I love that, Lisa. My husband's favorite quote that he said for years is there's never a good time. There's never a better time. Let's go. Right. Yeah. 
it's, it's with everything, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no better time. And so if you know what you need to do, why wait for the, the, the first day of the next month or, you know, it's, and it's so true. Everything we, we focus on that result and it all goes back to that thought work. Well, I, I think one of the things that is probably going to be a little bit, someone's going to listen to this and they're going to say, well, what do you mean by feels good in my body? They're like, sugar feels good mm. in my body. That tastes delicious. We're so used right. to culture to, we're more in our heads than we are in our bodies. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's just reality these days is more people are so externally, ah, that they're not even paying attention. They're not paying attention to their breathing. You know, they're not paying attention to really what they're even putting in their mouth a lot. There's some aspect of you're just going, going, going. Okay. So you take someone who says, well, what do you even mean by that? How do you walk them through with even getting in touch with their body? Yeah, totally. I think one of the things when I'm talking about feeling good in the body most of us I mean, statistics show that women of, of our age, I mean, I'm guessing on your ages, you guys look a little bit younger than me, but I'm, I'm in my late forties statistics show that by this age, we've been on somewhere between 40 and 60 diets. Now that's not separate diets. That's like attempts. So it could be 10 of the, of the 10 attempts at the same diet, but the thing is statistically your listeners have dieted. They have followed a food plan. They have, you know, worked on, worked from food lists. The idea that we don't know what works for us, that is your brain's way of tricking you into delay. Well, you don't know. You should probably get more information. Lack of information is not the problem. You actually know like, okay, think back. I don't want to count macros, but I tended to eat more protein when I was counting macros. Did I feel good then? I don't want to count my carbs, but I tended to eat more vegetables when I was doing XYZ diet. Did I feel better then? When did your body feel the best? And then you'll come to, you know, I feel the best all around when I'm eating. This is going to be true for most women, some of each, some protein, some carbohydrates, some healthy fat. And so when we're, when we want to get in touch with our body first, we want to just dismiss the idea that we don't know what to eat. That's just not true. And, and then even though we don't need to be on those restrictive diets, let's not ignore our past and what we've learned from those. And when we have felt the best. And then lastly, I would say, wait for hunger. There's a vast difference between, between the idea of eating as little as possible and eating a little less. It's it's a huge difference. So eating as little as possible looks like those 1200 calorie MyFitnessPal diets, right? Mm-hmm. Eating a little less is le- leaving two bites behind because you're done. You're full. That's I, I've had plenty. And so hunger is something that we have, you know, we have villainized and we have ignored. And that we've done that in two ways. We've villainized it because how many diets have you been on or plans that promise you won't be hungry? Lose weight without hunger. Why is hunger bad? Mm -hmm. It's the natural way our body says it's time to bring on fuel. Mm -hmm. And when we avoid it at all cost, we, we don't feel, then we aren't able to feel the hunger cues as well as the fullness cues. We can't determine how much is enough if we've never if we never allow ourselves to actually get hungry. 
So wait for hunger and then eat until you've had enough that you're satisfied, but not so much that you couldn't go on a 10 minute walk. That's kind of a good measure. So good. I love that. And you know, I think so much of it, like we just eat because it's time to eat. Like, oh, it's breakfast oh, time. Yes. It's lunch time. <laughs> it's dinner time. And I'm like, what? If it's not time to eat, if you're not hungry, you know, last night, my husband and I went on a date and he's like, you want to go on a date? And I'm like, I'm not hungry, but we can go out. And I didn't order a thing. I got a glass of water. And he's like, you're not going to eat. I'm like, I'm not hungry. No, I'm not going to get anything, you know, just to your point. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. Really, and like, most of us wouldn't even consider that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, you don't, because like you said, you feel more miserable when you overeat and then like, I, you don't sleep well, mm-hmm. I'm really important. So I'm actually 30 weeks pregnant. So I'm like, I already feel oh. really full. I don't need to add any more to this, you know? So, I did not know um, you were pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> Here we go. This is our seventh baby. So. Awesome. But, and we live in a culture too, that uses food for everything, you mm-hmm. know? Food is the reward thing. Food is the celebration. Food is, or, or, and also the message, clean your plate. You know, I saw this some of the stuff on your, on your Insta and I was like, that's fantastic. You know, because mm-hmm. there is this idea of like clean your plate, which does lead people to say, well, I've got to clean my plate. And, and then you can, oh, Right. Eating so much. What would you mm-hmm. say for someone who is in that stuck in that messaging of, well, I've got to clean my plate or, well, but that's what we do to celebrate. Right. Well, first of all, the clean plate club is dumb. You don't even get your, your uh, picture in the yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I, you're right. I did do um, actually a whole episode recently on cleaning your plate because it was actually a government program in wartime. Um, that's where it started. That's why we always, we all collectively use that phrase because our parents and our grandparents were members of the clean plate club in their elementary schools for reals. Yeah. It's actually pretty crazy. And, you know, that was what was needed to conserve resources for the war that there was rations that we get it. Like only the idea was only take the amount that you need. And by cleaning your plate, you have shown that you haven't taken more than you need. Um, But that's not the case anymore. And we were all taught, you know, well, if you want dessert, you have to eat what's on your plate. If you, I mean, literally last night I have been working hard to dismantle this in my own family because I started that way as a parent. And Last night, my 17 year old was like, I got too much. And we had red beans and rice, but then I had also made, there was also a dessert that night. And so she threw away like a good amount of the, of the beans because she wanted to have room to eat the dessert. And I was like, yes. And she felt a little bit bad, but I was like, no, that's exactly, exactly what you want to do. And um, yeah. So as far as how we get rid of that, it's a lot of learning that wasting food is not bad and just deciding that it it's not that big of a problem, which is better. Should we waste it in the trash or should we waste the time, effort, and money to get it off our bodies? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> to get off your body than it is. 
And I yeah. love that you spoke into, you know, I think so many women have this um, idea that I can never eat carbs. I'm never going to eat another piece of bread. I can never have a bowl of ice cream. And I think what you're talking about is so much more sustainable than these like macros and zero of this and zero of that. Can you speak a little bit into what happens whenever you restrict something to- totally restrict a food group and cut everything out together and how the sustainability is so important for that lifestyle? Yeah. When we're restricting, I I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that restriction leads to overeating later. Mm -hmm. Whenever we decide that this food is on restriction, our brains are like, oh, it must be scarce. Mm -hmm. We must, we must not be able to get that very often. And so the next time we get it, we should definitely eat as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And this is like an evolutionary thing as far as when we think back to our ancient ancestors, hunter gatherers, right? Mm -hmm. They would come upon a field of berries and that was their only and best source of sugar, which was helpful for them. Fruit is great. I'm not villainizing that, but they would eat as much as they possibly could at that time because Mm -hmm. berries were scarce. And so then the brain learned when we, when we see sugar, we should eat as much as we possibly can. Mm. that worked well. We are here because of that mechanism. (laughs) Yay for our hunter gatherers. But (laughs) now we have concentrated that sugar and paired it with um, seed oils and and concentrated flour. And so now we get a concentrated hit of dopamine when we eat that food. Mm. And so our brain is like, oh, this is very essential for survival. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. We're just going to give you all the dopamine, right? Can you just hear your brain being like delicious? So we, we want to be aware that when we eat these foods, we do have a dopamine hit mm-hmm. and that is okay. It's exact where your brain working exactly as it should. Mm-hmm. But when you tell your brain, this is the last time we're going to have it. Mm-hmm. Or we should probably have extra now because we hardly ever get this food. Mm-hmm. Those are the thoughts mm-hmm. that lead to these overeats later. There are some, you know, hormonal situations going on, but primarily this is a thought problem. This is producing scarcity. Mm-hmm. And so then we eat all we can and we can only hold out for so long. Willpower, mm-hmm. which is basically like your, your grit and bear it kind of thing. That's like a muscle that fatigues. Yeah. You're like holding up your fists. Like when we're holding tight, it we can only do it for so long. We hardly ever eat chocolate cake for breakfast. But by the time our willpower is fatigued by evening, you're like, ah, eh, forget it. Right? We we can't we can't hold on any longer. So we want to switch to the emotion of commitment. We want to be in commitment to our goals. And one of my goals is to be a person that can eat sugar. I don't want to be a person that doesn't ever eat sugar because I think all foods can fit. And so I plan for that. Just like last night, we did have a dessert. It was a little mango tart. And I had that planned. I knew that I was going to have that. And that creates a little bit of a less dopamine hit. When we are doing it planned, our brain's like, oh, yes, I knew we were going to have this. And here it is. We used our higher brain to do that. And so it's not nearly as exciting, which don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of dopamine from the sugar in that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Still enjoyable, but I wasn't creating any scarcity around it. I love what you said with that intentionality part 
with that, do you know where there's a plan aspect? Because I think, I think what ends up happening for a lot of people is, is there is this like, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have it. Ah, I'm just going to, you know, and then it's all of it. Right. Or mm-hmm. it's, or it's just, I'm so stressed. I just have to, whereas if there's like an intentionality of, okay, I know that I'm going to have dessert tonight. I'm, you know, I'm planning that. I know that's coming it. And then you get, there's, you're kind of less stressed about it. It's less, and then you're actually able to, I literally just had this conversation with someone this morning. You're actually able to enjoy it. You know, you're Mm -hmm. not like, shoot, I shouldn't be eating this. I should. It's like, no, like I went into this. I planned I was going to eat this and, and I'm not escaping from something with it. I'm not avoiding. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm enjoying something that is meant to be enjoyed. You know, yes, not 24 seven, not for every meal, yeah. you know, but there is, um, it, it, it's not out of desperation, you know, it's not out of scarcity. I love how you mm-hmm. said that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It makes a huge difference where you're approaching it from. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear what you had to say about an issues with my kids. We are pretty healthy, but my parents live a mile and a half down the road and their generation, every treat is sugar, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. Well, let's give them mm-hmm. a cookie for this and a cookie for that. And that's fine when you see your grandparents once a quarter, but when you see your not scared of me and he will bring a cookie every day. What do you do with that? Because that's their reward. And I'm like, you're making me crazy. You're undoing everything I'm trying to do here. <laughs> yeah. It's Talk tricky because <laughs> we've used food as comfort for so long. I mean, it's the very first thing that we did for our babies is comfort them. So it's natural that food is comforting. And of course it's natural for grandparents to want to spoil like that's right. So, um, you know, yeah, this is really like getting into more of like boundary issues, you know, with, with the grandparents, (laughs) um, which I don't know if we, um, mindset coaching there on the, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's a challenge. I just think it's hard to change older people to the mindset of like this, this food thoughts that we know yeah. and are learning and trying to implement. It's, it's hard to teach an old dog, new tricks. Yeah. I mean, you probably just want to talk to your own kids about, yeah, that was fun to have a cookie. You're great. If you have a cookie and you're great, if you're not like just really reinforcing that food, isn't a reward. It's, it's yeah. weird how we kind of, we use food as rewards for pets. And then I'm like, I'm not a dog. I don't need a treat because I finished this email. Like what? Yes. That mentality of like, I deserve mm. deserve this. Cause I did this. I deserve this because of that. And it's, it's interesting how that can play a role in, in people eating things that they don't want to be, you know, that they, they do, but don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Maria has been so good teaching me about, I mean, she's been in the health and fitness industry for 25 years and done such a lot of coaching around this, but I think so many people have this mentality that like you have to eat wheatgrass and eat all these. I mean, she really mm. does eat seaweed, but you know, good food, <laughs> does, can, good healthy food can taste good. And I think oh, for sure. the best cooks I know, and you cook so healthy. It's like the, my favorite thing yeah, is I, how Maria cooks, you know? So I think that's, um, yeah. Speak yeah, into that a little I, bit. Well, I, I did have a client last week or the week before. Um, it was my only male client, but he was talking about how he doesn't really like vegetables. And I was making some suggestions. And one thing was I was suggesting that he roast them. And he was like, well, but then you've got to put oil on them. I'm like, yes, do that. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, can I? 
I'm like, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, you definitely want to include healthy fats and we do, we do villainize foods and decide what's good and what's bad, but like foods are not good and bad, right? They're right. Good and no. Bad. And healthy food can taste delicious. Absolutely. And oil and healthy fats are one way we can actually increase the contact with our, um, with our taste buds. Okay. So in, so roasting your vegetables with a little bit of olive oil or avocado oil, actually along with properly seasoning them with salt can actually increase the contact in with our taste buds and then increase the pleasure because the taste is better. And so that makes a big difference in the, the pleasure as well as the satisfaction. And there's all kinds of ways. To, I mean, I really just don't eat something if it doesn't taste good. That's the truth. Like if something doesn't taste good, like I just, it's, it's a pass for me. It's amazing what you can do for different kinds of healthy foods to make them taste delicious. It just, to me, it's, 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 I think there was a trend for a while where like, oh, if it's healthy, it's going to taste disgusting. And I think little by little, mm -hmm. a mentality is shifting. Oh, well, it tastes bad. So it's bound to be good for me. You know, it's kind of the mentality. And I think little by little, people are starting to see, oh, wait, that does taste good. Oh, mm -hmm. that actually does make, give me energy. That does, you know, my body feels good on that. Um, but it is, it is a shift, I think, for a lot of people um, and, and just culturally even. Yeah. And if you don't like, like I tried to like kale, I really did. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't like it. I, you don't, if, if you don't like this vegetable, just try a different one. Right. There's, there's so a, many options. There's so many, there's so many options and fruit too, of course. I mean, lots of produce. That's lots of produce is what I recommend. Mm -hmm. So good. So how do you see that so many people, what do you think is like the, the biggest problem that people are eating against their goals? Um, I think there, okay. There's a couple things, but I think one of the biggest things is mindless eating. Mm -hmm. I think we do a lot of eating that we've delegated to our lower brain. So the brain is made up of, well, it's made up of a lot of parts, but generally speaking for our thinking, it's two parts, our higher human brain, and then our lower habit brain. Yeah. And we delegate things down here on purpose because that's efficient. And that's what the brain wants is to be very efficient. And so we delegate things like brushing our teeth and, um, you know, driving. Sometimes we say we're, we're driving on autopilot. We just got home and we're like, did we even pass the park? Like, you know, you get there, you're not paying attention. These, there are things we sometimes we have sort of delegated down to our lower brain. And we do this a lot with eating. So we pass through the kitchen and grab some crackers. We go over to our coworker's desk and just before we know it, there's M&Ms in our mouth because she's always got them in a bowl. And you're like, wait, did, when did I start eating these? It's mindless. And what's happening when I say mindless is it's in the lower brain. It's the habit. And so we want to bring all of the eating up into our higher human conscious brain. Yes. And I think that is a big deal. Couple ways you can start with that. Number one, you can keep eating to mealtime. Mm -hmm. So if you're not sitting down with a fork and a napkin and a plate, we're not eating. Right. So that means we're not going to grab things from as soon as we catch ourselves, like, oh, okay, we put it back, we put it down, we throw it out. 
as soon as we catch yourself in the kitchen for, if you have listeners that are stay at home moms, um, just one little thing I do is I turn the lights off when the meal is over and it's just like a little indication to my brain, like the kitchen's closed. And then when it's time for a meal, when I'm hungry, we go in, we turn the lights on, we fix the meal. If you have toddlers, probably that's not going to work, but (laughs) (laughs) for yourself, you can decide that you only eat at mealtimes. We don't need to eat every time the toddler snacks. We don't need to eat every time we pass by the kitchen. We don't need to eat every time we see food in the break room. Mm -hmm. So just keeping food to what you've decided are times that you're actually going to eat. That helps keep, keep you out of mindless eating. And then just identify the other times that you do mindlessly eat. Do you eat when you drive? That's always going to be mindless because of the two, even though I said, we can kind of delegate some of that driving down to our lower brain of the two, mm-hmm. the, the eating is what's going to be delegated to the habit brain. You're not paying attention to your hunger fullness cues. You're not really paying attention to the taste, how good it is. You might notice that it's crunchy or you might notice that it's sweet, but that's going to be mindless eating mm-hmm. on, the, on the phone. Yes. When you're talking on the phone. On the phone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or like working at your desk and you're like, you know, almonds, mm-hmm. almonds, 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 right? You're almonds so healthy. And so you've ate 274 of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So just identify those times that you're like, I'm not paying attention when I eat. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of one of the first steps to really paying attention and to keeping eating within your goals because you're going to keep it up in your higher brain. So awesome. Oh my goodness, Lisa, I feel like we could just sit here and talk and just pick your brain. You're so full of just wisdom and knowledge (laughs) and amazing helps there. How can people get a hold of you? So how can they connect with you? And yeah, what can they do to reach you? Yeah. So I have a podcast myself. It's called eat well, think well, live well. So I cover those three pillars, Mm. um, eating, thinking, and then just making your life amazing so that, um, eating doesn't have the job of, you know, comforter, compensator, celebrator when your life's fun. So, um, so you can find that on any podcast platform. I'm on Instagram at well, underscore with underscore Lisa, well with Lisa with those underscores in between. And if you'd like, I also have a free ebook. It's called the go-to meals. And this is just another way to get started with deciding what to eat when your brain is like, I don't know. I don't know what I've eaten in the past. I don't know what works for me. Creating some go-to meals can really help you get out of the brain drama that you don't know what to eat. And I give you a framework for that, as well as some examples of what mine are. Amazing. Awesome. And then our last question we always love to ask our guests is what are you doing this week to water your grass? And what would you recommend to our guests for them to water their grass? I love this question. So for me, it's getting out and walking more. Mm. I have noticed that I've kind of gotten off track with that because I'm a wimp about the cold and I do live in Northern California. It's not that cold. (laughs) But like 36 degrees about, about. Cold still. I hear that, <laughs> but I really have been studying a little bit more about walking and I want to walk a little bit more like on the daily, not just for exercise, my exercise routine, but just getting some movement in, you know, after lunch. And I think that's a really great way to water your grasses just to get outside and take a walk 
10 minutes after lunch. And I, I, yes. And fun little tidbit when you do that right after a meal, it helps to like stabilize more your blood sugar too, which is super fun. So yeah. So many pluses. Awesome. Well, Lisa, we just appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for having me. All of her contact in our show notes and y'all know Maria, the health fruit guru and Lisa, the the nutrition queen, we learn a lot. So (laughs) I'll learn something. I know I did. And we appreciate you listening, like share, download, and we'll see you next time on girl. What are your graphs? Bye.